it's not like wine where you're like, oh, this terroir is giving me, you know, uh, blackberries and currant or whatever. No, you can actually add blackberry and currant to a beer. Right. You know, so I thought that was really cool because I could apply all of my baking and pastry experience to my brewing. Welcome to Panko Podcast. Nick, speak into your ball tickler. My name is Nick Jimenez. I'm talking into a ball tickler, and you are listening to Pang Kong Podcast. I mean, it kind of matches with his beard. A little I know. bit. A little bit. My, the sides of my beard are pretty gray by now, so it's like, yeah. It's <laughs> pretty good. I think, actually, if I just tied this to my chin, the whole thing would be more uniform. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. The uh, bags the whole time. <laughs> man. Strong start to the... To the this the is 85th the, episode of Pong Kong Podcast This here. is easily the soonest that teabagging has come up on this show. I think that's the first time teabagging has actually come You're up on the right. show. You're probably right, yeah. Even with and Mike Ortiz, we didn't talk teabags. No, of course we talk teabags, but not this, that kind of teabag. No, he's a loose tea man. He is a loose teabag. We don't talk. We don't talk about competing podcasts, by the way, all right? Oh, man. We don't do that. Oh, oh we're, you're right. We are our only competition. <laughs> uh, so, I'm joined, as usual, by 8th grade basketball MVP... And James Trent. Beard, semifinalist, oh, Chile champion. That's such a bad term. It's like, man, congratulations for being like the tenth best, right? Like the no, semifinalist. Man, no, they're not the the tenth best. Top Come fifteen. On. Don't sell yourself short. That's here. cool. We Come all on, got a man. participation trophy. But you're a rising star. Oh, you're a I star was a rising chef, star. Rising yeah. star. That's nice. Which is a little bit like being a semifinalist. Like you're still rising. You haven't quite gotten there. Wow. Man, Nick. And that's a wrap here for Bongo Podcast. I'm going to go fuck myself now. Thanks, everybody. You're you're a star in my heart, Mike. (sighs) Fuck off. God. And we are here. If we're going to talk all this time about my ball tickler, you know, I got to give you a little something. That's cool. Yeah, well. Uh, And we are with, I'm trying to think of how many, you are maybe only our uh, second brewer guest, right? Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I'm, sa- I'm saying Falco. I'm, I mean, like people who actually brew. Oh. Yeah, Falco. Uh, so, I guess. so I'm not counting Manny. No, no. Right. Manny's yeah. a, a brewery owner, but yeah, yeah. people who make beer. Yeah. Although Falco will say that he's no longer a brewery. You're definitely the coolest one, though. Falco does Easily. not fucking count no. at all whatsoever. Falco didn't even want to be here. He didn't want to be here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, the person we're talking to is Maria Cabre of J. Wakefield. Um, there's a brewer here that I believe made a, uh, a beer with Mike's likeness on it. Is that right? That is true. That's where that came from? Yes. You made a beer with my face on it. I did. Man, I can't thank you enough for that. Yeah. That's an incredible decision to make. A bold choice. That was fun. This guy is so confused. What's happening? Just kidding. <laughs> See you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So... <laughs> Should we make a game of this? Like every time he walks oh by, we confuse him somehow. <laughs> Everyone just silently stare, right? We were going to be confused listening yeah. to the start of this podcast. Every, oh, every time he you comes know, like, by, I everybody actually thought about it. It's such a high traffic area you chose here for this. Well, you know what? That's part of the excitement. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, we're usually only like five feet away. Yeah. It's not like we don't get interruptions. Are otherwise. we actually going to talk to Maria, or are we just going to keep on talking about how bad we are at this? The fact that you're the one asking to keep this on track is. Shocking. Yeah. Wild. I know. Yeah, wild. let me step away here. Mike, take over. I don't know. I'm clearly a disaster. Oh, man. How are you? I'm good. It's late. It's like past my... I told Nick, I was like, uh, really? Yeah, past no. Past 9 p.m.? Yeah, 9. What, what, time do you go to, what time do you go to bed? Like 9.30. Why? Um, I know you have a kid, and you 
I'm sure brewing is an early job or no? Yeah, it's an early job. Um, although m- most of my job now consists of sitting on a computer. Oh. Yeah. Why? Because um, I have a brewer now and my body can't really take mashing oh, yeah. in anymore right, right. as much. I do it every once in a while, you know, when they need me. And I always try to be the best support system that I can for my team. But, yeah, I don't brew as much as I used to. Can I tell you, the before we get into your uh, story mm-hmm. and the evolution and all the things, the beer that we made, that was a very cool experience for me. Yeah. Uh, not like a huge beer drinker. I do drink beer, but it's not like... I mean, I just drink Negronis. I, that's always my go-to. So, um, it was cool, and the beer was delicious, and it was like cool. The can was dope, and the whole thing it was. I thought it was cool, and people really enjoyed it here. I love that we use Guarapo. Yeah, Guarapo so the, underutilized. The only other time that we used it was in a stout, and it gave it such like an earthy flavor that I wanted to see it in a different kind of style and profile. And I think it worked really well with the IPA. So ours was an IPA. I don't even totally remember. Yeah. Thanks to our sponsor, Estrella Dam. The beer brand has brought its month-long Estrella Dam Culinary Journey Program, which is running April 1 through April 30th, 2021, at more than 40 participating restaurants all over Miami, each offering gastronomic experiences curated by chefs and paired with Estrella Dam, the beer of Barcelona. I recommend going to maybe Café Kush, maybe Café Latrova, all the cafes, do all the cafes, have the Estrella Dam culinary journey, have a beer, enjoy it. This time around, sharing your Estrella Dam culinary journey experience on Instagram could win you a two-night stay for two at Little Palm Island Resort in the Florida Keys. Nick, tell them what they'll get. You'll get a two-night stay in luxury accommodations for two, daily breakfast for two, five-course chef-tasting experience for two, one additional dinner experience for two, and complimentary resort recreation, including kayaking, paddleboarding, Boston Whalers, and Hobie Cat. All you got to do is take a picture, post a hashtag, and look at all the things you get. This is it! You've made it! Here's how it works. First, snap a picture of your meal together with your Estrella Dam and post it on Instagram between April 1st and April 30th. Second, tag the restaurant and include hashtag Estrella Dam Journey in the caption. That's it. The more photos you upload, the more chances you have to win. For more information about participating restaurants and details on Vacation Giveaway, visit EstrellaDamJourney.com. While you're at it, follow Estrella Dam on Instagram at, you guessed it, Estrella Dam. That's with... Two M's. Two M's, everyone. Yeah. Um, and what were, it was Guarapo and there was some other things in there? Hey. I just remember the resounding thing was Guarapo was the thing we no, kept talking about. No, it was Guarapo about. and then the IPA. So the hops played well with, with the Guarapo. For our friends in Salina, Kansas that have no fucking clue what Guarapo <laughs> is. All the fans. Uh, yeah, all 22 of them. Um, Guarapo is sugarcane juice. It's a very big thing here in Miami. Yeah. It's I grew up drinking it. If you were to go to YouTube, and I'm sure Nick can give you a reference of a YouTube video to watch of making sugarcane juice. Um, basically, it's Come a... Come on, I'll get the research department on Nice it. work. Um, it's this 
weird like pressing uh just stocks put it into this press the wheels mm-hmm. turn you pass it through a couple times and juice Squeezes comes out. It out yeah and it's the sweetest most earthy delicious drink ever yeah and i remember at la carreta they used to give it to you with very few ice cubes because they didn't want you to water it down they used well, to sell it at la carreta well i mean that's actually very nice because now people will put more ice in it because they want to give you less juice because it's such a pain in the ass to do yeah so i don't remember i think i don't remember how much what we bought for that but it was it was a substantial amount yeah so how did you end up brewing beer tell me the whole story when did it start did you drink beer at like five and you loved it and you're like i want to do this forever no. what was the story um i actually before brewing i did pastry for about right. eight years i knew that yeah and um baking and brewing go hand in hand they're both science they're both exact you know if you screw it up you kind of fuck the whole thing up yeah you can't really just go back and fix a beer like that right um so i was working at the fountain blue i wanted more of a day job because i wanted to see my kid at normal hours um and i met john through a mutual friend john is jay wakefield right john wakefield yeah that guy yeah um and we met through a mutual friend and i had just started drinking what i thought of as craft beer like um what was that so weinstefaner which is the oldest brewery in the world Uh yeah thank you (laughs) um they have a lager and they have a hefeweizen which is a german uh style wheat beer um, and I started drinking that, and then little by little, I got really into wheat beers. And then I met John, and John was like, well, my brewery isn't open yet, but he would, like, give me cases of different beers. And he'd be like, here, try this, try this, try this. So my what, palate, year, what year are we talking here? 2014. Let's go back. This is so soon. We're, we're moving so fast. Okay. Let's go back. The pastry chef. You were a pastry chef for eight years. Yeah. Okay, so, like, where'd you go to? Born and raised in Miami? Born and raised in Miami. Oh, I love you. Um, what high school did you go to? Coral Reef. Ooh, Coral Reef. And I went to middle the, school right here, actually. Which one? G.W. Carver Middle School. Oh, yeah? Yep. The Reef. The Reef. So from the Reef, when did you decide you wanted to be a pastry chef? Uh, well, I knew when I was like eight or nine that oh, I wanted nice. to be in a kitchen. They yeah. took us to Johnson & Wales, and they did one of these demos with the yeah. big mirror and the... Flambe yeah, and they all made it stuff. look. They made it look very extravagant. Super nice, you yeah. know. But this, this is so nice. I want to do this forever. Network. Yeah, exactly. And make no money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And my feet hurt every night, and my body hurts. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. God, I want to make that beautiful panna cotta. So Sorry. my mom was like, "No way, you're not going to culinary school <laughs> right. or pastry school." So I went to FIU for a while, and that I don't like school, so that didn't work out. Amen to you. I went to Dade for a while, and then the I was sharks. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna work full time right now. And then at like 22, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pay for it myself. I don't care, but I need to go to pastry school because I don't yeah. know shit. And I'm not just gonna walk into a kitchen and be like, hey, which I probably should have done in hindsight. Hindsight is 2020, right? But I say that all the time. Like right. I, I went to that small program for school. I think about it like, I wish I would have just gone to work in, like, great kitchens. I probably would have learned more. But I did. The school, that program that I went to was pretty good. Yeah. So, I had a great experience at Johnson & Wills. Good for you. Yo era una de las más viejas. was one of the oldest people there. Everyone else was, like, I love how you went Spanish, and then for our Salina people, you went English. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. 
Um, it's because there's going to be a lot of Spanglish. Um, so while I was there, my second year, I went to this job fair that the school has and I saw the Biltmore. And to me, like growing up Miami, right. the Biltmore is iconic. Golfing and rich people. I mean, but the building, you know, yeah, the history I know, I know. behind it. The 13th everything. floor doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, so I walked up to the table and it was Chef Roly, who I don't know where he is now, actually. Um, last time I knew he was at that little Palm Island, that super rich island in the Keys. Yep. Anyway. And he was like, I'll set up an interview with our restaurant chef. So I met Philippe and I didn't know shit about desserts, but I spoke, I speak French. Oh yeah? So French to a French chef. How did that happen? I went to magnet schools. My parents couldn't afford Uh, private school and they were like, we're going to stick you kids in a good educational program. So, so I learned French. French from eight years old till senior year. Wild. Yeah. I know nothing of French. Okay. Just their food. That's fine. You speak two languages. It's yeah, I know. I'm good. Um, so I met Philippe and I started speaking French because I was like, how am I going to impress this guy? So I just started going off and he was like, oh, you speak French? You know? <laughs> so I got the job. That's so great. We, we, we. Oh, you know French. Oh, you're hired. Huh? You must know what you're talking about. Basically, oh, it's crazy. Basically. Um, I didn't know shit. I only knew what I had learned in school, which obviously, you know, you know, you can apply it, but experience is what's really going to get you. Repetition. To be a great chef or Repetition. great at whatever Repetition, you're going to yeah. be. Yeah. So I remember my first um, dinner service that was a prefix menu. And all the desserts came in at once. Oh, yeah. How many people? I don't know. The dining room there is probably 85, 86. Woo! And they're like, fire all these desserts. And all the other cooks are watching me as I'm I'm sinking. I'm going down. Philippe is like, but what they're the just, fuck? They're just watching you? They're not jumping in and helping? I'm, I was the new chick. Losers. And I was the only chick. Oh, so Philippe gross. is like, what the fuck? You're going too fucking slow. Mind you, I'm like sobbing at this point, but I'm doing my canals, I'm plating, I'm doing everything I can. Finally, my husband, who was not my husband at the time, jumps in and starts helping me. This is why he has the husband card. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. Got it. So, yeah, after that, I mean, it was history. We we moved to New York. I worked at um, a one-star mission restaurant in New York, which was really cool. Which one? Uh, The Modern at the MoMA. Yeah. Which is now two stars, by the way. But Good I worked that. under Gabriel Cruther, who now has the restaurant Gabriel. Yeah. Um, and then I worked at Amy's Bread, which was awesome because I got that bakery experience, which down here at the time, that was 2009, I didn't, like, there weren't really bakeries like that. Not was, like that one. There was, you know, a ton of Cuban bakeries. Well, a- Amy's Bread is what it's called? Uh-huh. It, they're pretty big now, right? They have, yes, they have three locations, and then they have, I think in Jersey is where they have their production now. Right, right. At the time, we were doing, I, I worked in Hell's Kitchen, and she had Hell's Kitchen, and she had um, that market on the west side. I forgot the name of it. There's like a big, like, kind of food thing. Uh, I, yeah. It'll come to me. Right. Anyway, um, so Hell's Kitchen did all the breakfast pastries. So I worked the overnight shift, which was the first time for that, too. Great. So 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. But it was so cool because I got to bring home all the warm bread and all like the biscuits and everything else. So it was a great experience. And I came back here and again, the only bakery 
that was around was Misha's. So I worked for Misha's for about two years. Wow. And then I needed to make more money. So I went to the Fountain Blue and I worked as a concierge. This is where my French comes in again because that's literally what got me the job. Wow, what a jump <laughs> from like working at uh, Amy's to Misha's then to... Front of the house. <laughs> I will never work front of the house ever again in my work, entire yeah. existence. God, it's so rough. It's so rough. It's, it's really tough. Oh, God. You Dealing know, with people is... The worst. The worst. I don't want that as an option in my no. life. I just don't... I, you know, don't look. You're doing great, Chef. I love it. It's your face right now. It's the best part. <laughs> his eyes. You yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to make all this noise. Um, I mean, my front of the house experience was younger. I was like, you know, 18, 19, 20. And it was just like dreadful. I was obviously I was a server at an, at an Applebee's. Oh, wow. In in the middle of like nowhere, Virginia. But it was so rough. Virginia. Virginia. I still don't know what I spent four years there doing, but, you know, I played football and that's uh-huh. why. I, okay, I got it. You know, that's why I was there. But the the experience was super, was extremely important to long term for me. Yeah. So as much as I would never work in the front of the house now, and it's like, even now as an owner, like, I don't, I'm not the chef that does like table touches and the whole, I'm not that. Um, I still like. It's it's good experience, but I just don't. I, I'd rather not do it. It's not for me. Uh, I just rather not. Look at this guy with the with the glass. Oh, now you are amazing. What yeah, service? What service? So, all right, concierge. Then concierge. I did it for about four years, and then I felt like I could not deal with people who thought that just because they were staying at the Fountain Blue that they were better than you. Oh, man. It was terrible. Um, so within the last year that I was at the Fountain Blue, that's when I met John. And that's when I got started. So I was working full time at the Fountain Blue and going to John's house so he could teach me how to homebrew. Oh, yeah. So I was working doubles, essentially, you know. Um, brewing is a lot of sanitation and washing and cleaning and doing it all over again. And then the 5% is like the cool stuff you see on Instagram. Right. That's really dope. Uh, but I loved it. And I loved the fact that I could work during the day. And I started appreciating how beer could have a different flavor than just from the malts. So, you know, it's not like wine where you're like, oh, this terroir is giving me, you know, uh, blackberries and currant or whatever. No, you can actually add blackberry and currant to a beer. Right. You know, so I thought that was really cool because I could apply all of my baking and pastry experience to my brewing. Right. So when we finally opened, I started at the bottom. I started washing kegs, which is like washing dishes at a restaurant. It's the same thing. You know, you're loading them on. And at the time we had a manual one. So you had to pay attention because there's certain like there's steps to everything. And if you skip a step, then your keg's not sanitary. And it, you can't put beer in an unsanitary keg. Right. So, yeah, I started there. And then one day, John's like, you want to learn how to brew on a big system? And I was like, sure. I always I always like learning as much as I can. And I always like taking initiative as far as, you know, if someone's not doing something, I'm going <coughs> to do it because it needs to get done either way. Right. And that happens a lot. Yes. People not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm aware. 
So now I'm here. But where is here? Well, currently, <laughs> I'm at your restaurant. No, but you know what I here, mean. Here, I mean, in life. I, I am... I run the brewery operations, but I also do the distribution for the brewery. We distribute in multiple states. Not in Kansas yet, guys. Um, Kansas, we're coming for you. We're coming. Yeah, sorry. Um, I do, you know, I handle a lot of the, just the day-to-day, you know, everything that goes into running a brewery. And then, you know, sometimes if we have double brews, I'll jump on the, the first shift. And then my brewer, Theo, he's the lead brewer. He'll jump on the second one. You know, I try to give them as much support, like I said before, because it's important that they know that you're there. In the, I mean, obviously you've been here for a while. You've been doing this for a while. How important do you think Jay Wakefield is in the landscape of Miami beer? Because Miami beer has taken like a huge, it's a big change in the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay Wakefield... We weren't the first, you know, but... Who was the first again? Winwood. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I feel as though John had this exposure before he opened the brewery that the ones that opened either right around the same time that we did or before we did, they didn't have that kind of exposure. Right. So, um, you know... John got blown up because of his beers and the stage that they were on at the time. So Cigar City, he's good friends with the, not owner anymore, but was the owner. Um, And they brought his beer to their biggest festival and everyone was freaking out. It was a fuchsia colored beer, which was sour and it had dragon fruit and passion fruit. And it's super um, thirst quenching and it's beautiful to, to look at. And it was a very well-made beer. So that's what got him all this notoriety before we even opened. Oh, yeah. So to that effect, you know, we were already known. And people were, like, wanting us to open. But then I'm really glad that we have all these other breweries popping up because it's important that Miami is known for a food and beverage scene. We're always five years behind. We're always, and behind New York, like, why do we need to be behind them? Why are we so late to the party? We are no longer behind them. I know. But that's been recent. That's because of chefs like you. You know what I mean? That are trying to change the way that Miamians think and feel when it comes to food, when it comes to beverage, when it comes to the art of it. It's tough, though, because... Oh, I know. You know, like... We're such a transient city, you know? And I know. There's so many people that are in and out. And, like, actual people that are born and raised here, like, from here, it's tough. It, it, there's not a lot. When you really look at it, like, when you go out and you talk to people, it's like, I'm from here, I'm from there. Right. Rarely do you get them, I'm from Miami. So. I have a question that I'll throw in here. Go on, Nick. Sorry. But, so, you came into beer roughly at a time that Miami was going through in beer what you might argue is going through now with food no what would you say in the sense that people uh, a craft beer culture was beginning to develop right in miami uh-huh and an appreciation of beer and and all the rest given that you've had a a, a foot in both worlds or at different times both feet in each world 
Is there something that you think that the food industry in Miami, the restaurant business in Miami, has to learn from the beer industry in Miami? No, I think it's the people. The people that are consuming the food and consuming the beer. You know, we still get a ton of, especially in the area that we're in, eh, dame lo que se parezca a una Heineken. Oh, <laughs> dame, you know, a shot of tequila and a Corona. And we're like, yo, it says, it says brew, like massive in big lines and, and letters, brewery right. on our wall. So I really think it's the way that people kind of approach to being more open. Um, I remember for a tasting once, I did a green tea dessert when I worked at Pandor, and it didn't sell. But if I did anything with mango, guayaba, oh, yeah, yeah. passion fruit, what, oye, it disappeared. I did that same green tea dessert in New York, and it flew. Flew off, yeah. Flew. So it's a matter of maybe not looking at something and saying, ugh, no lo conozco, you know, I yeah. don't, I don't, that I've never seen I it. I don't know that. I've never seen it. I've never looked, and it looks unappetizing to me, so I'm not going to try it. But even along those lines, like, I, I guess what I mean, because, of course, it has a lot to do with the consumers. But is there something that restaurants can learn from the experience that so many breweries have already gone through about educating those consumers, addressing that lack of knowledge or familiarity? I got to say, the term educating the consumer is tough. You know, it's like, right. it's so... I've thought about that so often sure. in the last like uh, five years, because when we opened, I was like, I don't want to have to educate people. I just want to share what we know. Yeah, and like, because educating them makes uh, some people want to be educated about food, but some other people want to feel like they know everything, right? right? So when you get to that point of like education. It's almost like, feels like a chore at times. Well, I don't mean, I just, not so much in terms of prop, but you, you want them to, over time, engaging with and drinking your beer or eating your food, learn. Whether it's because you took the approach right. of lecturing them very deliberately sure. or just by exposure, right? Like, yeah. But at some point, it's like the, the person who says, Dame algo que se parezca un Heineken, is not saying, I'll only drink Heineken. So right. there's an opening. So there's an opening, correct. So we try to have our bartenders be as open and kind of welcoming because sometimes it can come off as very like, oh, you don't know what this is? You don't know what this is? Like? You've never heard of a Berliner Weiss? And a ton of people haven't heard of a Berliner Weiss. You know, it's just yeah, no, not a, a typical style, you know? Right. Um, so if your people are willing to... And, that, and that's why the front of the house is so important. The I experience. know that we clash because, you know, front of the house and back of the house always clashes. But um, you have to make that experience. And I think more so now, I think people are looking for this experience constantly. For sure. So they can Instagram it. So they can whatever they do, you know. Um, so it's a matter of, I think, building that experience for them. Yeah. Instagramming it. I mean, Instagramming. I know. I, I, I love it, but I hate it. It's a love hate. I hate all of it, but it's a necessary evil. It, it's all of the way that you approach it and like how you want to use it as your business and the Instagram people. And I, I don't want to like dive back into that because I'm obviously like, it's like just word vomit for I know. me at this point. Just I know. like how much I 
don't like that faction of the world, but... We get those messages all the time, too, by the way. I'm sure you do. You know, like, let's collaborate. Can you send us beer? No, we can't. We'll review your beer. Fuck you and your review. Anyways, that's what I got here. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, when it comes to the educational portion, like, I feel more confident with, like, the... Pam, come on, Pam. Yeah, it's totally fine. See? She's very sweet. She's so cute. Yeah. Um, it's more about like building the experience for them. So within the experience, you can educate them. But you don't want it to feel like school. I right. hate school. I hated school. Mm-hmm. I was so bad at school. I don't want people to feel like they're at school. Right. You know, like when I went to go eat at Linea, I felt like I was kind of at school. You know, like yeah. it was very like structured and like framed and yeah. every single, and you know, which is that style of dining but it's like everything had there was a thought before a thought about a thought for a thing and then they did it for a reason and then they told you why they did it and it's like okay you know i'm in class right now and i want to feel more like i'm we're building an experience of enjoyment yeah you know and and you have a great time you had a great meal right great time the the Drinks were great. Right. The company was good. The ambiance in the restaurant was awesome. It's live. Yeah. Everything is alive. Everything yeah. is good, you know? Yeah. That's really more like, I feel like you can fit education with that experience, you know? Like, I don't know. It's tough. I think it's tougher that way. I will say, I came to your restaurant for the first time that day that I came to brunch with my girlfriends. Okay. You have the best playlists. <laughs> do you curate the every single one okay yeah all right. every single song because you got like the old school hip-hop but then you have periodico de ayer, yeah like, i know it's a little bit of yeah got, it's a little bit of all that it's awesome yeah it's uh supposed to be that's part of the experience right and then when people complain about it because they do complain i we got two complaints this week that the music was too racy 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 were there kids here there was kids here oh um God forbid. I know it was because WAP isn't on the radio, right? Right. It was too racy, and uh, what was the other one? They left. They actually left. They went next door because there's no hip hop on the playlist next door uh-huh. on purpose. But you know, like we play hip hop, we play everything because this is what I listen to. Right. So. Uh, the idea was, you know, it's like you're hanging out at my house. So the music is going to reflect that. It's what you would play at home if you're cooking for some friends. It is what I play at home. When people right. hang out with me, like, and they get in my car, they're like, is this the area playlist? I'm like, no, but it's it's on there. <laughs> it's like a variation <laughs> of that, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't, I mean, I, it's a little bit of both, Nick, as you snap yeah. away. Snap. And you don't snapping. have your hairy ball thing. I don't know right. what that's called. Where's anymore. your ball tickler? Um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's it's wanting to educate people and trying to bring them to that. But then for us, what we've seen is that people's palates change. You know, they start consuming and they'll consume one style of beer, and then they're like, "Oh, I don't really like that," and then they go to a different style of beer. Like, I have people that walked in that love IPAs, right? And then they're regulars, and they drink IPAs, IPAs, IPAs. And then they're like, oh, well, I really like stouts now. So they're kind of on a stout kick. 
And I feel like your palate's constantly changing and evolving. And the more that you try food, you know, whatever, the more your palate will evolve and the more refined of right. a palate you'll have. So it's been quite a career. It's like a lot of like yeah, weird shift changes, concierge, pastry chef, brewer. I'm very adaptable. I can see that. What are some of the highlights that stick out? Um, I mean, doing what I do now is awesome. Like, it's really freaking cool. You know, I've met a lot of people that I probably would have never met if it weren't for this job. I've traveled to places that I might not have traveled before. Um, I've been educated by one of the best. You know, John is one of the best brewers that I know. He may not really brew now physically but he makes the recipes he he is the executive chef you know he is the one that runs that um i mean highlights of cooking have been you know i cooked for hugh jackman once at the modern which was oh yeah dope and i cooked for 007 what's his name daniel craig oh daniel craig um you know stuff like that is really cool to me the dinners that we've done at the Biltmore, we did a dinner once and it was like this all, um, it was all like Cristal or I don't know what freaking brand of champagne, but stuff like that, that really kind of gets you to, to have these experiences. I think that sometimes people take for granted and that's stuff that I find that's really cool. Yeah. And then meeting people like you, you know, other people that have those shared interests that have gone through that road of, you know, you didn't just wake up and own your own restaurant. Oh no. You know, <laughs> you had a long road ahead of you and I'm still, I'm sure that you're still learning and yeah. I still learn every single day. My brewer teaches me stuff. Not all the time. He mansplains <laughs> a lot too. I oh have to tell man. Him. Mansplaining. Nick, you have any comments? On mansplaining? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Does he not uh, like that term? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have comments, but I do have a, a brewery related uh, mansplaining situation that's playing out as we speak. Really? So that post from uh, the video from Strange Beast uh-huh. of Falco dressed as a woman. Uh huh. I had shared the video with like a little joke about how I thought Falco was above this, but I guess you know sex sells. The joke being, you know, like as if I was taking the thing very seriously. Yeah. You know. And so Falco reshares it. And, like, apparently gets a bunch of comments about what an asshole I am for criticizing. Some, wait, somebody called you an asshole? I am well, fucking I don't, shocked. I don't know that they called somebody me an called asshole. Somebody called you a fucking asshole? I don't know I that they used asshole, it. but they may very well have. But apparently, uh, apparently now there's, like, this circular mansplain happening where they're explaining oh in one direction how the thing was inappropriate. And then Falco having to explain the joke to them. And there's a lot of mansplaining happening right now about Falco dressed as a woman. You know, the internet is a double-edged sword. Gosh darn it. You know, I really want to curse right now, but I'm... Do it. Why not? Well, I think you you already have. I I don't own the brewery. Is this a kid's show? No, it's not a kid's show. (laughs) I mean... Maybe we'd have higher ratings. John John hears me curse all the time, but I don't know. Maybe his partner doesn't, so... Oh, yeah? Anyway. We curse a lot. Uh, I do too. And I, I started cursing in the kitchen and I remember coming home one day and my mom was like, Tú estás hablando tan feo ahora. And I was yeah. like, mom, I work in the kitchen with a bunch of men. Yeah. 
They're all assholes. How do you think I'm going to speak? They're all assholes. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Take it, like, it's a joke. If you find offense, like, don't, I don't know, I don't know. Don't get me started on that, because, you know, I can't, but. The internet. The internet. Is a place of these rabbit holes. Yeah, like, food. You know, like, the the reviews and the things. If you start feeding into all of those machines, you can't, you can't. you're going to lose your you mind. Can't. I lose my mind enough about so many things. Me too. That have so much more worth to me. Like, where I had literally a 45-minute conversation with the guy who is building my kitchens with me about where a trash can goes. And I feel like that's so much more pivotal than a review. Yeah. Well, a poorly placed trash, trash bin can could fuck everything up yo it's in the way of like the, the no but it's gotta the... be like the you know you gotta do the stainless and the hole on the yeah, top yeah 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 I got and it thing, and then it's gotta be high enough that you could fit the little roller underneath it. it and then you gotta roll it out and the and he was like man you are nuts and I'm like yeah I'm nuts I don't care but it's right though this is the right way to do things it's those I wanna go down that rabbit hole where the trash can goes yeah not really like like oh, your people, food was uh, supposed to be medium, and it was a hundred something degrees, and that's not medium. I can't believe it. Oh man, that's, come on, that's dude. extensive. It's more about like uh, you know, there's lots of people that have comments about my bean videos, right? Which is great. I like that people actually watch those stupid ass bean videos. It's but crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Even months later, we have comments on these bean videos. But I stand by everything I said in those bean videos. Beans sucked, and then beans were good. That's true. Yeah, I mean, which is. was your favorite bean? I don't remember. What was my favorite bean? You remember? Um, uh, Kirby, Kirby. <laughs> the Kirby beans were good. Out Those of a are the ones I buy. Yeah, out of a can. You see, right? Because they're good. It can't, if I'm, you know, pressed for time, and I want to make like tonight. I made picadillo. I made rice. Are you to bring any for the fam? Like, I mean, what's up? Wait, I'm coming to a kitchen, not just one kitchen. I'm sure you have multiple kitchens in we here. Have four here. Yeah. Uh huh. And don't say. Y aquí no hay ni un frijol. But yeah, I'm I'm Cuban by association, I think. Living in Miami. Where's your family from? My mother is Puerto Rican. Oh, Boricua. Yes. And my father was born in Barcelona. He lived there until he was about 15. And then went on this journey on a boat to Venezuela. Good for him. That's a life I, I want to know more about that life. That's, that's my a dad good life. had a very interesting. Sounds life. like he has like stories. Yeah, you know? yeah. My grandfather did too. I never met him, but he went through the Second World War and the Spanish Civil War. So the stories that he would tell my dad, pretty incredible. So let me ask you. I actually got a one of those Instagram notifications, like someone's like reposting a thing from uh-huh. a year ago. And it was a post of a year ago today. Uh, somebody I'm sure we both know, Caesar, Big Caesar. You know, uh-huh. He was like seven feet tall. Um, him and his kid were eating peanut butter and jellies out of a uh, peanut butter and jelly kit that we had made at Chugs. Right. Because we were, I don't know. In a pandemic. Three, three weeks into a pandemic. hmm And it just took me down this, like, memory lane of shit that I'd rather forget. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> So, what was this like for you guys on your end? It sucked. Yeah, it was so really bad. bad. So bad. It was really bad. Um, 
you know, we had just, I will say this, thank God that it happened in mid-March, mid to whatever, late March versus February, because A, we had the Super Bowl here, which was huge for everyone, I think. It brought in a ton of, well, it brought in a ton of tourism for the city of Miami, which was wonderful, right? Right. And then right after that, we had our annual festival, Wake Fest. Right. Didn't we cook for that? Yes. We did. We did. Yeah, we you did for the that. VIP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. A, and we were able to have this amazing festival. It was awesome. Everyone was here for it. We had a great time. We partied. Whatever. Then this hits, and it's like, yo, hit the brakes. Like, we ain't going nowhere. Right. You know? And then we start getting worried. Oh, you guys can open May 27th. May 27th. Oh, May shit, 27th. Right. I remember talking to John about that. Yeah. And uh, we open two hours in. City of Miami comes in, fire, and shuts us down. Same thing. They, they did the same at tours. And they're like, you're a pub. And I was like, do we look like a pub to you? We're a production facility that happens to have a bar. Right. And we had all the signs. Like, we invested in all this stuff. Just to be shut down until I think it was July. So we were trying to do online sales. And it was, you know, it was good for a while. And we had some of the guys delivering. We basically had to lay off all the bartenders. But at the same time, you know, Florida is a three-tier state. Which means that we sell to the distributor and the distributor sells to the accounts. Right. During a pandemic... What accounts are open? Right. So keg sales disappeared. We had to format and move the format to all cans. Right. And we were canning. I mean, if, if you look at production logs, it was all canning, all canning, all canning, all canning, just to keep us alive. And then finally, we started getting states like North Carolina that were like, hey, we're reopening. So we'll buy, you know, and they started buying up products or places like Boston that weren't open, but... They have a lot of... Boston is a very beer-driven city. Right. So they have a lot of bottle shops. They have a lot of craft beer shops and stuff like that. So we could send our product there. If it weren't for that market, I don't know where we'd be. I don't know. It was very scary. Yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, I remember looking at that picture today, making these peanut butter jelly kits with like bread that we made and peanut butter that we made and jelly that we made and I'm just like man that was only a year I, I still have a hard time fathoming that it was a year ago right it feels like forever ago it feels like a million years ago yeah. like so much has happened so quickly and I think that's why I don't think that we're like callous but we're just like programmed to just like what's next go like, go go yeah what's what's next what's next and and this is why I say like uh, the mental emotional impact of this will take course over the next few years it won't be right away yeah i mean my daughter was isolating you know and it was very difficult to just like all right this decision that i'm making to send her back to school is it the right thing you know you feel like shit as a parent there's so many things that kind of run through How your mind she? she's 10 oh yeah yeah um but you know she doesn't have siblings right she wasn't really seeing her cousins right she wasn't really seeing friends. So it's a kid by herself all the time. I know. My my niece was like at that age. We were starting to see like, you know, serious changes in her. She was yeah. three turning four. Yeah. And then, you know. They can't see facial cues with the masks on. Like right. there's and so many w- things. Well, just 
not that she regressed, she just stopped. Yeah. You know, like she paused. Were, yeah, you were starting to see like evolution in a human because of interaction, right. and then it just kind of like stopped. Yeah. And then school started again, and then you started to see it again. Yeah. And it's like you know, I just saw her today because my sister uh, it was her birthday today, so it was just like you see. Now you start to see like she's interacting with people again. You know, like she's interacting with humans. It's crazy. Willie, why are you making life so difficult? Just walk right through the thing, man. You're totally fine. Totally fine, Will. And don't say sorry after. You're doing a great job. You're you're doing your job. Forget us. Uh, I miss the garage, so this is nice. Oh, man. So, I don't know. Like, I probably looked at that picture like 10 times today. Because I was just like, man. It was like fight or flight. Yeah. You know, a year ago now. Yeah. When is it? March 25th? 24th is Mercy's birthday. So March 24th, just like literally a couple weeks after her close. Wow. And it was like, yeah, it's going to be two weeks. It's going to be two weeks. And we and still know, don't know when we're going to fully reopen. Well, no. The truth, the, the, the truth is is that, yeah, you know, like fully reopen, but there's parts of the country that are still fucking closed, bro. I know, dude. Like still closed. I like, know. California, I, I ta- New York. I talked to a friend of mine that's in uh, Colorado, I think, and he's just like, yeah, it's like. I walk my dog at 8 o'clock at night. People are yelling at me to go back into my house. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's a Miami Guiche, like, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he starts cursing people out in Spanish. I'm like, Lenny, they don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, he's no. like, I know. But still, you I want them to know. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it's just a, a very weird dynamic. Like, we're in a bubble here. Yeah. You know, like, as much as we're, quote, unquote, struggling because we can't open past 12, it's still, like, we're in still much better shape than a lot no, of people in the country. No, we're lucky. Definitely. I know that. Lucky. Yeah. So, I feel, like, fortunate. Obviously, restaurants have it different than, like, bars. We have two bars, so I feel it there. But, you know, a, a restaurant opening after 12 isn't really a restaurant anyways. Right. It's a different thing. Right. So, let's talk about... Um, so... You mentioned it a couple times, so I'll just double down on it. Being a woman in your industry. Oh, did I mention it? You did. You did. Just like very like like uh, subliminally. Non- like you were, nonchalantly. Nonchalantly. You were blaming men for the fact that you curse in front of your grandmother. You, and my mother. Wow. My mother. Sorry, sorry. You, man, you, man, you, you mentioned the word mansplaining. Oh, okay. So that was subliminal. All right. Um, it's not subliminal. It's just like so, you mentioned it. So I, I want to know more about... I... Like me personally, I don't, uh, I don't, there's certain things about me. I don't see. I don't see sex. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to double down. I don't see sex. I don't see, I don't see race. I don't see anything. You're a good human. You're a good person. You're, you do a good job. You work your that, ass off. That's, yeah. that's what matters to me. You yeah. can be an alien. That's all shit. that matters to me. So when I hear of, you know, like. And obviously, I, I I don't I don't live that life, so I don't understand it. When I hear those things, it doesn't make sense. Like seventy five percent of my management staff across both kitchens and front of the house are all women, and all of different races and cultures and whatever. I to me, I don't see it. Right. Right. So when I hear that there's difficulties and there's, um, I just don't understand why. Right. And I, I think it's such a it's such a dumb weird like stupid way to think that when people tell me that it's an issue it's like 
what I, I don't understand the thought process behind it, right? I also was raised by three women. I was going to ask you, who were you raised by? Three women. Okay. Um, I would, you know, if you wanted to count my sister and my cousin as like being like the women in the family that all like, you know, there's five all day that carry like, you know, they are, uh, they are the ones, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my aunt. My cousin, my sister, like, you know, they're all... Yeah, you were surrounded by women. Right. And I'm sure they were strong women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's to say the least. Yeah. So, maybe it was because of my upbringing that I see, like, a female figure as, like, doesn't matter what you do. You Like, my grandmother to me, when I look for business sense, like, my grandmother ran a business from nothing to something for 25 years. Right. So... To me, it doesn't matter what gender you are, what color you are, what race you are. Like, you're good people. You do you do good work. You work hard. Doesn't matter. Man. Yeah. So, what's it like in your industry for a woman? My personal experience has been great. I'll be honest. It has been wonderful. The fact that John took on someone that had no idea how to brew, and basically took me and, you know, with his help, made me to what I am is huge, you know, and and he's been called, you know, things because of labels we've done in the past and stuff like that. Wait, wait, tell me, what does that mean? So, you know, he's in the comic books. You've been into the top. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's huge into comic books. He's huge into Marvel, DC, all this stuff. Star Wars. So we have, a even though Star Trek is better, it's fine. I'll let it slide. Please. No. Um, (laughs) sorry. It's good. Um, (laughs) So, we have a local artist. He is a comic book artist. Uh, Jose Verisi. Oh, I don't know. And he paints, like, he draws us all. He's drawn me, you know, a bunch of times. But he used to draw different women as comic book characters. And some of them were voluptuous. And a lot of people took offense to that. Oh, yeah? You know? So, to me... I'm like, well, I work for this guy. I've known this guy for X amount of years. He's not a misogynist. He's not sexist. Oh, people were calling him a sexist because of that. Yeah. Oh, no shit. It was crazy. I don't know. Like, I know I know John uh, just from, like, like we've never hung out and had a beer. I don't mean that. Yeah, but, you, but you, you've talked to him enough times. In the same circles, we've actually, we have the same boxing coach. Right. Like, you know, the whole thing. I don't know. He's like a, just a straightforward, like, cool dude. Nothing about it. Come all the way through. All the way through. So, you know, for me, I've had the most support and and push from our close male friends in this industry. They've really pushed me along. That's you great. Um, and they've, you know, they've believed in me and they've, they've reinforced when I've ever doubted myself. I'm good. Thank you. When I've ever doubted myself, um, which I think is very important. And then on the women's side, sometimes I've been excluded. So I'm just like, okay, we want equality, right? But we're not even welcoming our own women. Can you give me an example just so I understand? Wow. I don't know if I want to talk about this publicly. You don't have to name names. I'll name the names. Just say the situation. 
No, it's just a situation where I was approached at a festival that was female driven or is female driven and okay. I was told that I was that it was not their fault that I was excluded from a certain women's brew day. But like Oh I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yo, like I mean there were, I'm not saying like I'm a big thing, but like, yo, if you're in the beer industry here, you kinda know who I am. Yeah. I'm not and I'm not trying to boast or anything, but like, yo, holler at your girl. Be like, hey, we're having a women's brew <laughs> Such day. Such a Miami term. Holler at your girl. <laughs> holler at your girl. We're having a women's brew day. We'd love for you to come through. Why do you think they didn't? I don't know. I don't care. I don't need. I know you don't care, but I'm just asking the question. I, Why do you I, think they didn't? I don't know. I don't know. I've never, you know, when someone approaches me, I've, I've become a lot more like introverted and Speaking Somewhat of female managers. Shy. Hi. Hi, female manager. <laughs> She's just a manager, okay? Her you don't see sex. <laughs> We're just speaking of female managers. That's one of them. See, so that's one of the things. When people are like, oh, female brewer. I'm like, I am a brewer, okay? And I've seen dudes that come up to the brew house that cannot do what I do or have done. Yeah, so to me, like, it's like what you say. Either you can do it or you can't. I wonder whether in beer, like my experience before uh, I quit my job as COVID hit, was in cigars. So I covered the cigar industry at a cigar magazine for like seven years, where it was, I imagine, a little bit like beer, maybe even more so, like super male-dominated. Right. But almost in a way, like, uh, out of a combination of like history and happenstance, but it was a community that didn't care and didn't make an issue of it when a woman was making cigars. And if anything, like, it, it was... I don't even want to say that it was celebrated because it was a community that was so about the cigars in a way that as an outsider, I perceive the beer world as being very much about the beer. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense, but, like... No, I, yeah, it does. Yeah. Listen, and I love the fact that, like, I... I'm able to be a role model to my daughter in the sense of, listen, this job typically may not be for a woman but a woman can do it you know and that's big for me because my mom was also in a room full of men when you know when she was working she retired almost two years ago now but it was a very male dominated industry for her as well and she was a g man she closed deals that other people couldn't close and she did things that other people couldn't do and negotiated certain contracts and stuff like that. And to me, that's, you know, my mom is my biggest role model. She's a badass. Yeah, I mean, you know, like my, my grandmother, even now at like almost 90, she like sits and like, tell me about the business. Yeah. Tell me about what's happening. That's Let me tell awesome. you what I think's wrong. <laughs> she still does that. And, you know, I saw her work till... It's 85, 85 or 84. And she just liked to work. And, you know, like that, that, like my grandfather retired and stopped working way before my grandma right. did. And it's that, that work ethic, that thought process, that thing, it all came from her. Yeah. You know, and it's like, when, when you say like a woman can do this, a human can do this. Yeah. It doesn't matter the yeah. fucking gender, yeah. man doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't matter the color. A human can do this. You know, like, 
it's just this whole like this weird thought process like well you know she's a woman who gives a fuck I don't I don't care yeah I don't give a fuck like I just are we can all we can do this you're about it you want to put in the work you want to do it? I don't care whatever all, all those other things don't matter to me but yeah that's it's very like yeah. low on the totem pole you care you give a fuck you work hard period yeah you know like I don't know I and I it's interesting for me to hear that and I don't know much about the beer industry so I don't want to like make a, a presumption but it's interesting hearing that there has been so much support for you in your industry which is great to hear and I mean Wakefield is known as I mean again I don't know much but the best brewery in Miami well, thank you. Easily. I won't say that myself. I but. mean, they, they brewed a great beer last year. It was called uh, Waperia Full Time. Waperia. And- <laughs> That's a great name, too. Waperia Full Time. Full Time. You came, have to say it Full Time. Who came up with that name? It wasn't me. It was uh, somebody It was else. Reyes. It was, it was Alex Reyes. I don't know who that is. Who is that? He was our sales guy. He works at Three Sons now. Oh, uh, it's King of Alapata. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, King of Alapata. It's Instagram yeah. name. <laughs> no, I guess... Because he's a character, too. That yeah. guy is pretty King amazing. Of King of Alabama. Like, hey. That name is amazing. But, yeah, you know, and then, but then, see, I feel like then we go ass backwards, right? Because I was at a fest once pouring. And this guy walks up and he's like, hey, can you get the brewer to come here? Because I want him to explain this beer to me. And I was like, well, I'm the brewer. He's like, you are? Yeah, man. I'm the brewer. Just I brew shit, dog. Just the other day, I'm driving the forklift, and this guy's like, can you get a man to help me out? I'm like, I can help you. Do you not see me driving this forklift and loading up your truck? Like, why? Why does your mind work like that? It's a very old thought process. You know, it's like a very weird thing. It's like, and, I, and you know, in the Hispanic culture, we encounter it a lot. We really do. Women birth humans. God bless you guys. <laughs> I, I, I say no part of that. I say it all the time. Like I want zero part of that. Like the the incredible things that women do. Like I I could not even fathom. Like men have it so fucking easy, and I'm super okay with that. Me personally, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like it's crazy that there's like a discrepancy. Like you guys should be like, thank you, fuck. Like you guys are great. I thank you so much yeah. because if not, we wouldn't fucking be here. So, it's wild. But I, I do see it a lot in our culture. Yeah. Right? Like the Hispanic culture, a lot is like, oye mami, et tu otro, papa. It's just like, shut Which, the fuck up. Which if you want to come, up. okay, oye mami, que buena cerveza que hiciste. Yeah. Like, Yo, it's the follow up. Open, but like, give me, you know, give me props. That means, what a nice beer you made. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Welcome I got to keep plugging away to Salina, Kansas, man. That's our biggest following right Welcome now. Welcome to Español Sin Barrera <laughs> with Michael Beltran. <laughs> oh, so, I remember those commercials. Oh, man. Crazy. Yeah. So but, what's what's uh, what's next? What are the plans? There's got to be plans. Everything's a plan. In our I, industry, everything is a plan. Yeah. There's a plan. There's a plan Oh, you don't want to share it? Hot button issue. <laughs> plans no Beep. i mean it's being discussed but i don't have anything concrete you have to bring on john as a guest in order to 
find out about the plants. John's not like a big talker, though, man. Oh, yeah, he is. You give him a few uh, old fashions or whatever, he'll talk. Heard. Coming soon. Senor Wakefield himself. We're just going to keep on doing the Spanglish thing. Juan Wakefield. Juan Wakefield himself will be here uh, as soon as Nick can get him. Wakefield. <laughs> that's, that's what people say. Oye, tú trabajas en J. Wakefield. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is so Miami. Oh, that's man. the only thing I'll ever call it from yeah. now on. That's good. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. such a Miami thing there. Yeah, super Miami. In North Carolina, you don't get that. No. 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 No, they call me Caber. Caber? Caber. Not Cabre. Oh. Caber. Oh, Caber. And I'm like, okay, that's not my last name, but sure. Well, my coach in college used to call me the Bell Train. Bell Train. Okay. Yeah. Senor Mike Beltrain. Choo choo! That's how uh, uh, Don Donovan was my D line coach's name. Don Donovan. Yeah, it's very white. It's good. Play? I played D line. I don't know why I heard you say O line. Never. Aggressive, passionate. That's a D line. Aggressive, passionate. That's a D lineman if I've ever heard one. So, you don't want to talk about what's next? You got to talk about something. What's no, next? Man, I mean, come on. You, listen. Our plans were put on pause, and just the state of craft beer, you know, I, I'm trying to see what's happening, you know? Well, what do you think? What What are your thoughts? Share with us your thoughts here on craft so we, beer. We used to go from a culture, at least for us, of people waiting in line overnight to buy our bottles that we were releasing on a Saturday. You I know, remember I'd that. show up at 7 a.m., and there was a line of people with their lawn chairs and stuff, and they had been drinking all night. You yeah, know? it's like shoes. Correct. Whereas now, people aren't really doing that. Obviously, COVID hit, yes. Yeah. But even before that, we saw it like kind of dwindle down. Yeah, people are still buying shoes, though. People are crushing lagers. Okay. So crisp, clean beers, nothing like... Pastry stouts. You know know what that makes me think of? Sorry to cut you off. Is that people are drinking heavily to forget. That's the way I think about it. I see it as people are going back to like the simple, basic. And if you can execute. Like, let's say roasted chicken. Mm. A really good roasted chicken. Fuck. Talk dirty to me. I love that. How hard is it to find someone that can execute a really good roasted chicken? Ariad is open seven days a week <laughs> from 6 to 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, and we have a I wonderful mean? chicken for two now available. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do. No, I absolutely know what you mean. I mean, a good roasted chicken. Listen, you. I don't agree with David Chang on much, but he said. Neither do I. He said something he I agree with. fucking crazy. In, like, a lot, which was. You can judge a restaurant on the bathroom and the chicken. I say the bathroom always. I walk into a bathroom and if it looks like shit, I'm like, God damn no. it. No. There's a bunch of patasucias in there. You don't want any part of that. Full. Yeah. No, the chicken, though. Full is like saying gross. Yeah. For our Salina, Kansas. We're going to have like a whole like dictionary for yeah. Salina, Kansas about <laughs> I, this podcast. I remember, um, I forget where I came across it, but there's this uh, Puerto Rican oh, PSA. Coño. Oh, Coño is one we won't translate for you. I mean, uh, shit. Uh, kind of. Uh, oh there's this, the there's this, this Puerto Rican PSA that I forget where I came across it, but the idea was like trying to encourage kids to stay in school. Full. 
So they're like all these high school kids are at a party and this girl thinks that this guy's really cute and she tells her friend and her friend tells her that he had dropped out of high school and she goes, Fo, que nasty. Que nasty. Oh, I que love nasty. that. That's yeah. so Boricua. <laughs> I love going back to Puerto Rico because I hear the, the slang. Can I say I've never been to Puerto Rico? Oh, you have to go. Yeah. You have to go. <laughs> I am very good friends with Jose Mendin, which is probably the most Puerto Rican person I've ever met. Yes. And uh, he just, Mike, Mikey, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Puerto Rico. We're gonna cook. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna drink. Oh, this is a good Jose Mendin. You know, this is Jose's favorite movie. He sits back like this, and he goes like this: Puerto Rico, you, me. It's gonna be good. It's a great time. <laughs> it's a great time. Yeah, just like this. It's a great time. The people are. I mean, listen. It is the slowest meal you'll have in your life. It's an island. I already have anxiety hearing that statement. I have so much anxiety right but now thinking about that. I know, but it's the relaxed part. You know, I'm not good at the relaxing part. I know. Part. Trust me. I know. I'm yeah. a ball of anxiety. Just Driving like, here, I was like, oh, my God. What am I driving to right now? What do you mean? This, this is, is a- Nicolás Jiménez. <laughs> Nicolas, yeah, he gives people anxiety, doesn't he? No, Nick? he's very no. He's, he's very structured. No, he's very good. Good for you, Nick. Yeah, Jesus. he's and like regimented. The dog, the, dog the real, the real star of the show, Petey the dog. Petey the dog. All right, so you don't want to talk about what's next. That's fine. I'm going to accept it. Listen, we're 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 making sure to solidify who we are. Man, that's such a like broad but vague statement. Yes, and solidify broad and who we are. Pretty the same. Who, who are you? Broad and bold statement. We're uh, we're Jay Wakefield Brewing, and we're always pushing boundaries. That's for sure. I I mean, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, you know I love. I I'm not a big beer person, but I love sours. I drink a lot of sours. Well, what are your favorite sours? So one of the first sours that I ever tried of John's was a tamarindo sour, and oh, oh that my god, so good! Is that not available? <laughs> no, but can we make that? I mean, Ariette and Taurus or whatever, they should all have the I tamarindo got, I got sour. I got six taps that's coming tamarind. online in the next year. Yeah, tamarind for Kansas. Oh, that sounds so good. It's it's deli- It's sweet. I just it's want tart. It like uh, I just right want to. I want to drink that with the foie gras that we serve with oh, the sour orange. Cool. That's good. That's Yummy. good. What else? Another sour that you enjoy? Um, I love Miami Madness. That's the mango passion fruit guava beer. Um, I think it's it's stellar. It kind of really shows all the different fruit. We definitely don't need more water. I need another cube, though. You want to take it and just drop a cube in it? She's done. I'm don't good. Wanna, no, no, I'm good. Okay. I got to try to West Kendall after. I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm a host. It's all I know, good. I know. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm doing what I can here. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, sours. Sours. Um, so I'm doing a cherry limeade one. Ooh. Coming soon. What are you going to call it? Uh, well, it's going to be reminiscent on AC's Ices. Careful. Trademark I said reminiscent. I didn't yeah, say him. Yeah, no. He's very sensitive about his Is stuff. He? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hot button issue. <laughs> Boop. No, the label's not done yet, so. Yeah, careful. I mean, I'm, listen, the guy's a legend. He's, He's been a, there for. Dude. I don't know, but he lives in like a gigantic house here in the Grove. Since like the 70s, right? He's yeah. Been there? 
that's that's you know, seventies were a different time. Anyway, cherry limeade, so I'll use sour cherries, I'll use um key lime. Which should be really nice. Yeah, Chef Liz. Hello, Chef Liz. Yeah. Chef Liz, Chef Jonathan, everyone's coming through making Chef ruckus. Jonathan. <laughs> Helmets involved. Good. He's safe. He has a monster truck of a bike. Go uh, ahead and wheel it out of here, Chef. It's a monster likes. truck. I'm not criticizing. I can't ride a bike. Do you have that shirt? Do you have that shirt? You can't ride a bike. I just made 300 more of them, so I'll let you know. Please. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. This I is thought our, you had another this shirt. This is our hello. He was going to be like, our hello. Bye, chef. Yep. Wow. Do you have to edit all of this out? No, no you're leaving it in? Wow. This is okay. a shit show of a show. You have no um, idea. So cherry limeade. What else do we do? Oh, we did um, a goza. So it's a sour, but it has salt. Right? I like that. Saltier. Yeah. Pushes out all the other fruit. It had uh, peaches and guava. Peach and guava. Interesting pairing. So good. Huh. I just never put them together because they don't really grow here. Yeah, but, you know, we get purees or we've gotten uh, Masumoto peaches from California. Well, peaches grow northern Florida, kind of, Georgia, you know, more like that. So, like, I've done peach salads and stuff, but it's super short term for us here. But you guys have a sour that you sell a lot? Um, so we have a, our base sour is stush. Yeah. So that has no fruit, but, um, the lactobacillus, which is what sour, lactobacillus is what sours our beer and yogurt. If you guys haven't thought about it that way. This is the moment that we explain what lactobacillus means. It's bacteria. All right. (laughs) Yum. I love that. Anyway. Um, so... That's our base beer, and it's got, like, really nice kind of citrus notes on it. Very lemony from the lactobacillus. Um, But the one that we sell that you would say is an an annual drop, it's a one-time drop, is DFPF, which is Dragon Fruit Passion Fruit, and Miami Madness, and Cuvée to Wakefield. So Cuvée is DFPF, had a baby with Miami Madness. Love that. Yeah. Love that. So it's Dragon Fruit Passion Fruit. Mango guava. For like a beer drinker, is is sours like a like a bad thing or no? No, just some people don't drink sours. To me, it's reminiscent on sour gummies, and I love sour candy. Sour Patch Kids. That this or, is not an ad for Sour Patch Kids. No, but they have Albanese, not paid for this. Uh, Albanese ads at DadeMag.com. <laughs> Albanese, if you want to sponsor me, I buy a lot of your bags at Publix. Albanese? Albanese. They're a white bag, and they have the little different colored gummies. Look never, for the one that says sour. It them. is the best sour gummy bears you've ever had in your life. Oof. I swear to God, if you come on our podcast and get a sponsor before we do, I'll be furious. <laughs> Why? What if I get you a sponsor? Oh, no. that's great. I'm all that about works. it. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wear a lot of Carhartt. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to get sponsored by Casio forever, but they're like, why do you want to sponsor for a $16 watch? I'm like, it's just the point. And Stetson, yeah, Stetson. So, if you... um, Let's go walk through the whole thing. I know, Liz, come on. Um, 
Liz has worked with me for like a decade. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, your dream scenario of a beer, has it happened? So, the collaborations that we've done, some of them have been like, I, like I remember the first time I went to Trillium in Boston, which mm-hmm. is another brewery. And to me, they were like, you know, they are. They're wonderful people. And they make great beer. And just going to that facility was a dream come true for me. And to, like, stand at their kettle and mash in was, is, it was dope as hell. It was like, that's cool. Wow. So cool. You know, so there's certain moments like that in my career. I've been there, it'll be seven years in December. Congrats. I'm the OG employee. Look at that. Yeah. Um, Stuff like that is really cool. And then when we do, like, we've done collaborations with, like, DJ Williams and Brett Romberg from Oh, Brett, of Miami. former Pancom podcast guest, Brett Romberg. Yeah, there you go. Brett is the best. He's pretty funny. Yeah. He is the fuck. That guy is hilarious. Yeah. 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 So, you know, cool stuff like that. And as a Miami girl. Well, John's, like, a big UM fan. Yeah. Like, through Well, he's a big through. sports fan. Yeah, yeah. He played football. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at that. O-line. He played O-line? Yeah, he's definitely an O-lineman. Strikes me as an O-lineman. 6'5". He's probably, I don't know, when he was Whatever. I'm like (laughs) (laughs) 5'0". I play (laughs) D-line. It's like, it doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Um, (laughs) You heard it here first, everyone. Size does not matter. I'm just agreeing with you. (laughs) Uh, Great line. I'm but, just agreeing with you. But stuff like that, like that as a Miami girl that we've been able to do, we had a we had a beautiful beer dinner in the wine cellar of the Forge. Oh, yeah? It was dope. You know, experiences like that for me have been, you, you can't, there, there's no value on that. Yeah, I mean, there are life experiences that you will carry forever. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, when we did a dinner at Cypress with uh, Michael Anthony from Gramercy Tavern, mm-hmm. the food was great, but it was more like Michael Anthony the person. Yeah. Like, and I, I've asked, like, was this like a facade? Like, he was such a genuine, like, kind-hearted soul of a person. And I've talked to people that have worked with him in the past, and they're just like, no, that's just the way he is. And yeah. I've like that's amazing to yeah me. like just to be able to run that kitchen the way that it ran and do those things yeah what they did there and what they continue to do there and be that way to me like left an imprint forever i feel that way about danny meyer oh yeah yeah because he danny meyer he gets mentioned on here a lot one day nick will get him on the podcast well danny meyer if you're out there I love your burgers. I love what you do. Come His on book down. book is awesome. Yeah, everyone. I mean, Setting I've, the Table is, I've read that book about three times. I have it like on audiobook and like whenever I walk to work, it's always something I just play yeah. random chapters at yeah. random times or whatever, just because, you know, what he talks about is important, especially yeah. when it comes to staffing, especially when it comes to like, you know, his progress and how they grew and all yeah. those things is very important. So working at the Modern, it was part of the Union Square Hospitality Group, and he'd come in and, like, 
Yo, he wasn't like, oh, PPX, you know, everything had to be super VIP table, nothing. Yo, he liked certain dishes. And then for dessert, he always like, we had this creme fraiche sorbet. Oh, I like that. Oh, my God. It's f- delicious. That's that's all he wanted. And then he'd always come back. He'd say thank you. He was just super nice, humble guy. I love that. The people that don't do the Irish goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. That they I mean, actually I Irish goodbye all the time. I don't, I don't, I try to, I, you know, I, I used it's to have a chef that, favorite moves. yeah, I, I used to have a chef that Irish goodbye to us every day and I hated it so much because really? we worked so hard. Oh yeah. We worked so hard there and then just like, I get it. It's an extra 30 minutes. For me, it's an extra 30 minutes well, every day. Because you're talking, you're catching up on yeah, just what like, happened hey, throughout the day or whatever the shit. You're good. Yeah. Oh no, life sucks. I'm sorry. You need a hug yeah, yeah. or whatever, and <coughs> or it's just by you know dishwasher, chef, cook, whatever. But you it's know. important. Yeah, you know, I worry about the day that um, we get to a place that I can't goodbye everybody. Yeah, um, is something that I worry about for me mentally, but we'll see how it goes. It's life. Yeah, man. Not a lot of owners are at their spots. You know what I mean. The fact that you're... I'm aware. I lived a lot of that for a here, long time. You know, it's its a big deal. It's a big deal. What else do we want to talk about? Nick, are there any current events that I we need to talk about? I my La Carreta story. Oh, my God. That's right. You were oh. born at La Carreta. <laughs> you were born with the Cuban sandwich. In a, in a bed of mariquitas at La Carreta. Yeah. So, the story goes... Mind you, my, my family moved here. So, I have two older brothers. They were born in Venezuela. <laughs> but my mom, in February of 83, se devaluó eh, whatever, el Bolívar. And my mom's like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here, you know? So she had a backup plan because her boss had a business here in Miami. So in February of 83, she moved here. And I was born in May of 83. So imagine, my mom was huge. Right. So they're sitting in La Carreta on Bird Road in 87. And she's eating una Elena Ruth. Oh, what a good what a good sandwich. What a great sandwich. What a good sandwich. And dude, she's like, I'm going into labor. I am going into a labor la a la carreta. And my dad's there with my brothers who were two and five or two and four, I don't know. I was born at Mercy Hospital. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well they got you to Mercy Hospital. They got me there. That's but good. I was born right away look at that not in a bed of mariquitas not but did in she a bed bring of the sandwich with her no i no. well i don't know i should have asked her what that's happened a good to the sandwich what On happened the next to the podcast <laughs> what happened to the sandwich what happened to the sandwich but i kind of want to make a sour beer that emulates except the turkey part una elena ruth so maybe it'll be like a pastelito de guayaba y queso oh man that would be good huh what a good pastelito that is Oh. I prefer guayaba, and I like when they're like thin. Yeah, super smashed, thin. Yeah, not a lot of like pe- warm. Not a, yeah, not a lot of pastry. Ooh. Have you met Pastelito Papi? No, I haven't. I've what? heard a lot about him. He's such a legend, that guy. Does he, he make? The he did thin very pastelito? well. Of course we do. Yeah, he did very well on his thing today. Oh, that's right. He did a live. He, he was better there than on this podcast. You know why? Because he's just like very comfortable with me, so he's just very geo. Okay. 
Is this one of your more better podcasts? Oh, Mo for better? sure. <laughs> Mo better? This is like, this is going to be a, a top top tier podcast. What? Okay. This, as, as compared to the I'm rest asking, of our episodes. I'm, this is you know, this has been I got to make good. sure I did good no, work you, here. You good did, conversation. You did good work. Things got said, you know. Ju- Chef day. Jamal! Chef Jamal. Oh. How are you? It's all good. Oh. Oh, All right, that. Chef. I like that. This is a very eco-friendly place. What do you mean? Everyone rides bikes. Yeah, everyone lives in the neighborhood. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, for the most part. And I live Jam- like 30 miles away from my job. Jamal's worked here for four years. Wow. Yeah. See, when you get those good people, like I feel my staff right now, my production guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> My brewer is awesome. He's awesome. Okay. You know, my, my He's awesome. guys are awesome. You know, we have a really great team. I have a chick in the back that, like, she she wants to be in the back. She wants to learn production. Like, it's, it's a really good vibe. And that's nice. And you have to, like, make sure that the people that are good at what they do and good to like good for the team that you take care of them so that they stick around. I think um so man, you know like I know there's a lot of turnover. No, no, it's it's not that. I think every person needs to be put in their position that they're going to be most successful. Correct. <clears throat> Our jobs as like managers and chefs and whatever like if there's someone that wants to be here, you need to find where they fit. Right. And sometimes people could fit in a role. They could not fit in a role. And I, if they want to be here, you find the role that they're going to fit in. And that's part of the challenge. You know, like the old uh, kitchen mentality is like, fuck it. If they can't do it, then get the fuck out. And that's just not how it is anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's just it's not realistic. You know, like if you can't butcher fish and you don't want to butcher fish then don't butcher fish my mind is blown right now because i have mr wendell and pedro navaja like married yeah and kind of the beat of mr wendell oh, yeah, and pedro navaja are i like, love that you oh, noticed that that's good i i used to play bass guitar. yeah i'm a very musical Look at that. we didn't even talk about you playing bass guitar yeah. when did that happen um, what are you brewing beer and playing bass guitar no, at the same middle time school and high school oh yeah yeah i didn't really play sports no it's fine. I was more on the creative side, so. Sports can be creative. <laughs> I, I think I think sports can lead to creativity yes. through structure. Yes, I think so too. I think it gives you That's a true. very. Um, it helps you build that understanding of how to work with other people. Right. That you wouldn't necessarily get camaraderie teamwork yeah you know if i never if i had never played sports i don't think i would be a good chef at all yeah i don't know i'm also like quite a shit show so <laughs> i i mean i'm just he speaking. said it here first guys he's quite a shit everyone show. who's ever listened to this knows so oh. i mean it's you know the structure that's created through sports even now the reason why i box is because it creates structure for me yeah so night liz so, you know, it's I'm I'm grateful for it. Does it create like the 
creative gene, you know, like does it spark that? Not really, but it gives me the opportunity to use that. I feel like it organizes a creative gene though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, before I discovered uh, boxing as like an outlet, I had a hard time for sure. I was just creative all the time. Yeah. And I and I had no idea how to funnel that creativity. Right. So, you know, it definitely created structure for me. Yeah. It's only three years now, three years boxing. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to shamelessly plug the, uh, what at the moment we're recording this is the most recent episode of Step Into the Sandbox. Oh, man. With uh, Marco Leita Vidal of Unseen Creatures. That's him. Who had some I went interesting... to high school with him. Oh, yeah? How about that? Look at that. Uh, he had interesting things to say about, in his head, the relationship between music and his and brewing and making beer. Yeah. So you had a brewer on, on your other show? Yeah. Look at that. You have another show? He's got other shows. We're well, not the only show. Well, this isn't the only Me thing I don't get paid to do. Tarro. Yeah. We're not we're not the only show in town apparently. Yeah, this is not the only thing I do at a loss. Step into the lunchbox is Step the other the is the other show here. The sandbox. Sandbox. Come on. Step into the sandbox. Yeah. So, I'm kind of a germaphobe. I don't know if I'd want to step into the sandbox. Me neither. Right? Hey, then it's yeah. not COVID friendly. The sandbox is not COVID friendly. It's it's not. It's it's ball not. pits are disgusting. <laughs> hot hot <dog>. take. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> You're a punk of podcasts. That's good. That'll be the quote we use. Yeah. <laughs> Ball pits are gross. You guys are disgusting. And other deep thoughts on the next episode of Banco Podcast. <laughs> That's good. All right. Uh, Anything else you want to cover? This was nice. No, I want to go to Nave. I want to eat pasta. I could eat. I think I was Italian my past life. Oh yeah. I feel that way. Do you? Um, what? Yeah. What's your? Wh- where? Okay. Couple questions. What is your favorite meal currently? Oh god. That you don't cook. I like eating. That's a very hard question. I know, question I know for it's me. a tough question. I know, me too. It's a very hard question for yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Um, I could always eat like anytime. Yeah. That if someone tells me I have this. Yeah, yeah. Your favorite meal. Listen, you give me artichoke anything. Oh, yeah? That's my favorite vegetable. Wow. Well, Artichokes, that's huh? one of like, my favorite Obvious, things ever. Also the most laborious vegetable I know, but it's so ever. worth it. It's so oh, worth it. Gross. Every time someone's like, let's put artichokes, I'm like, oh. I just remember like peeling like five cases of artichokes at a time at Cyber Room, and it just oh, gives so me, it makes good. me cringe. So good. Oof. Oof. I love artichoke anything. Um, Carpaccio, I will eat. Carpaccio any day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I had a Carpaccio at Casa Sola uh, recently. It was very good. That's Mendine's no spot, right? Yes. Chef Jose Mendina, a former guest on Pancom Podcast. So, and um, another... Uh, Boricua. Boricua. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom. My mom knows either his dad or his uncle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's how small the... I mean, the island is this big. I was very proud when Jose's mom told me that the pango lechong that we serve is one of the best sandwiches she's ever had. Wow. This is a woman that comes prepared to all meals with salt packets. No. Before she even eats the food, she adds salt packets to the food. So, up until I worked in restaurants, I always thought you had to have salt and pepper on a table. Right now. No. 
Ah, you season. No. Season. Season your food. Mm -hmm. Season as you go. Taste as you go. Yes, chef. Please. I mean, that's the way that it works. I know, but people, uh, you know, seasoning 101. No, but 101. It's like people don't listen to 101 things anymore. Yeah, they don't. Um. Yeah, I could eat. I don't. You gotta give me mushrooms. I could eat fucking mushrooms, like any in any way. How about this? Like, what's the? Who knows? What's? Don't pay attention. Rather than have to like pick the the all-time favorite thing, like what's the last thing you can remember just kind of blowing your mind that you ate? Yeah, that was real good. So my husband is now selling Wagyu beef. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wait. Shadow Wagyu? Yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No shit. That's his with Alex Prentice. Oh, man. I just know that Fred posts about that all the time. So the Wagyu croquetas are like a big thing, whatever. He made this ropa vieja pot pie, right? That sounds good. So with Wagyu, I guess... I don't know, flank steak, I mm-hmm. guess he used. But the dough, he took Wagyu fat. Oh, and he used good that move, good move. as holy moly. Okay? Holy moly. <laughs> wow. Holy moly, was, Batman. It was Because re- I was like, I'm not really a pot pie kind of person. But like, I oh, ate I it and I was pie. like, holy shit, man. Like, what the hell? It was super flaky and it melted in your mouth. It was so good. I'd, I'd love to get into his Wagyu. What, which oysters? The one that I had when I was here in Taurus. Oh, yeah. Which one did After you have? After area. I don't know. I was like, do you have oysters? And you were like, you yeah, guys, we totally have you oysters. You guys were here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were. We had a good time. That's good. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And it was it was like torrential downpour also. I know, man. That's the fucking worst. Whatever. We were fine. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll be opening up their shop on Lejeune, so they won't be far. And he's going to have, it has a kitchen. Good for him. And he's going to have, like, like a small chef's table. So if people want to, he'll sell wine and stuff. And if people want to, like, reserve, you know, table for two, and he'll cook for them. And he cooks really well. It's amazing. Yeah. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> Breaking news. He cooks really well. Sh- All his friends Sha- will tell you. Shadow Wagyu cooks Ooh. very well. Will the shop also have the same name? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, Nick. Do the things. You want to do the wind down stuff? Yeah, let's do the things. All right. This is where we do our wind down things. Uh, you let me know if you want to go first or not. We always start with recommendations. Everybody recommends a thing. It could be anything as... Really? I know, but then when you talk to him, oh. you get all kind of anxiety. Yes. <laughs> it's like a soothing voice, but then yeah. it's... I didn't mean to interrupt, but you're anxiety like, so like wow. Yeah, it's very like PBS. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm, I'm the Diane Ream of Uncle <laughs> Podcast. It's a good radio voice. Yeah, it's you like, have a solid face for radio. Oh, that's the truest thing John you've said so far John has a good today. radio voice, too. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So go ahead. So recommendations. Everybody recommends a thing as long as it's not yours. It could be absolutely. It could be a book. You have. You movie, can recommend another beer. A beer that is not yours, because then Ooh. after, yeah. after we'll do our shameless plugs, and there right. you can tell people all about your own stuff, right. where to find you. Okay. And, okay. And can I recommend a few things? Oh, oh yeah, man. Oh, we have so no much more because I have no, I have no recommendations this week. So no. So if you have things in mind, feel free to go first. 
It, oh. or, or if not, you can give yourself time. Oh, actually, have, I have a thing well, to recommend. Well, let me hear you. Okay. So I'm. Oh man, this is. I'm. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I have two. I have two songs to recommend. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. That I, I've sent to you. I don't know if you've listened. I have to not them. listened to them. No. Uh, probably. M- maybe. Probably not. Both of them involve the Cuban rapper Aldos El Aldiano, and one of them also has Silvito El Libre, who is the son of uh, very famous Cuban artist Silvio Rodriguez, uh, who's always been kind of like uh, criticized for not being critical enough of the government, and then his son goes off and becomes like one of the better known dissident rappers. Uh, one of them is called Piramide. That's the one we just And the other one is called Tu me entiende by Aldo Hansipito Libre. Aquí si no hay chance, yo entro en trance, pierdo la noción y todo el que se lance lo desarmo corobando un blon. Bomba niño, bomba, conoce el sello, el estilo que los tiene arrancándose los cabellos. Aquí da para compartirlo con ustedes y con ellos venimos a regalar calmantes para todos los después. Si no sabes cómo es que se hace, ven aprende. Jorobi prende, apaga los baffles y el micro enciende. En la cantina de la rima somos los bartenders. Deja que se expresen los que saben. ¿Tú me entiendes? No me fome foco y deja que se expresen los que saben. ¿Tú me entiendes? No me fome foco y deja que se expresen los que saben. ¿Tú me entiendes? Uh, those are my two recommendations. And then also, because earlier we were talking about uh, how nice it can be to have been born a dude, uh, I am recommending, this is not really new, but uh, White Dude by Lil Dicky. <laughs> which is oh that's a song it's a song it's a song called White Dude by Lil Dicky are you familiar with Lil Dicky I am yeah oh, so man, Lil Dicky's the awesome. first yeah the first verse he's is, pretty funny yeah the first verse is all like uh, a, a funny take of how lucky it is that he was born white and the second one is about having been born a guy and it is hilarious it's all kinds of funny so alright uh, Mike you had recommendations I yesterday had ramen Adichimi. Is place. that the one in Coral Gables? Yeah. Uh-huh. I very much liked it. It was good. Yeah, I was... I went in with very low expectations, and I was uh, very happy. Food was good. Uh, service was fine. And I'll go back. What kind of food is this for the people who are maybe would consider... Yeah, good? they do like... Um, I mean, they do ramen. They had like eight different variations of ramen. They had eight different variations of like rice bowls. Um, and then they had a couple of apps, which they didn't have some that I really wanted, like the oyster omelet. What's the name of the place? Ichimi. Oh, I thought you said El Chimi. I thought it was Dominican. No, El Chimi. I- Chimi El Tigre is what <laughs> That's you're right. thinking I'm of. I'm thinking of, yeah. Well, no, there's Ichimi. Many well, yeah. Ichimi. Ichimi. Yeah, so I would recommend going there. It's in Coral Gables, Miami, Florida. So for our Salina, Kansas people, you will not be able to visit unless you come to Miami. Don't come during spring break. That's all I'm telling you. Um, Please don't. Please don't. Um, 
Yeah, that's my uh, cool. recommendation. Right. I've also, over the last like six days of my life, tried to consume all of Justice League. Snyder Cut? Yeah. And it's just like, it's so long. It's good, but it's so long. Like four hours, right? Four hours and 15 minutes. And you know, honestly, like a uh, former Pancom podcast guest, uh, <laughs> Danny Surfer, had a, a pro. <laughs> had a, a Facebook post. He's like, uh, I'll say it in um, Danny's voice. Is like, just <laughs> Justice League, greater than uh, what's the other one? The Avengers one, Avengers uh, Endgame. Oh, he said it was better than Endgame and Infinity War. Wow. And Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, don't at me or whatever. The yeah. Snyder yeah. Cut. Yeah. Was better. Is yeah. that what he's saying? That's what he's saying. So far, I, I, I do I do see it better as Endgame. I don't know. Can you ask Danny to bring back vinaigrette subs? Because I really miss those subs. I know, me too. I do miss them too. Danny, you heard it here first. Vinaigrette subs are wanted and needed right. in the city yo-yo, of Miami. Put down that yo-yo, Danny Surfer. Put down your <laughs> yo-yo and get to wrapping some subs, sir. They're good. Get back to it. Or, we or, need the vinaigrette. Or at least more yo-yo videos. I'd settle for that. I don't know. I, I'd go for a vinaigrette sub. Yeah. I mean, the yo-yo videos are good content. That's yeah. the content the world needs and more so than subs. Yeah, but vinaigrette subs are good. Yeah. Yeah. Any recommendations, Maria? I'm gonna plug Matsuri. Matsuri. Matsuri on 57th and Bird. And Bird, man. Yeah, I've been that thinking about going there for a long time now. Spot. I haven't been in in like over two years. That is the spot to get your sushi. Masa is awesome. He's always standing at the front corner when you walk in. Food's always good. The quality's always... I've never had a bad experience there. I mean, but I can say that about Hillstone, too, so... Um, but... But they they tell you to take your hat off. Yeah. Did I ever unpack that on here? I don't think you did. Oh. <laughs> All right. We got a story. Woo! I got a story to tell. No, you know, like, I go to Houston's a lot. Yeah. And, um... So I must have gone there like two months ago. It was the last time I went. And um, they have this really dumb fucking rule that guys can't wear a hat in the dining room. And I, I look at the hostess and I go, what? what? There's people in leggings, T-shirts. You're going to ask me to take my hat off? Yeah. And they said, yeah, that, that's our rule. I go, well, that's a dumb fucking rule. And you know, like I hated being this person. But at the same time, I was like, in in today's world, that it's all like, everything is everything. This does not make any sense to me. So I said, "Can I speak to a manager?" And I I wow. I, I didn't know that the the manager had like ties to me. And um, so I he came and I asked him. I said, "So you you can't wear any hats in the dining room?" And he said, "No, ladies can wear a hat." And I. I don't understand. How do so I can't wear my hat. But she, she over there on the other side, she can wear her hat. And she, he was like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Do you that see how that's sense. so fundamentally stupid? It doesn't make any fucking sense. What what am I a gang member cuz I'm wearing a fucking dad hat that says Sushi Naz on it? Like, give me a fucking break." And then I felt terrible because the guy, the manager is uh, a friend of mine's little brother and he's like a very good very good kid and very hardworking. And I felt like shit after, but I also felt like that's so fucking stupid. It's so archaic. Like you got a bunch of fucking boppies sitting around with their fucking 
shirt halfway unbuttoned uh-huh, with like gold out pu- but it's it's chest hairs it's out. it's not okay Ugh. for me to wear a fucking hat in the dining room like and i told him i said i hate to break it to you but you're not a fine dining restaurant my guy like this is just a restaurant that serves solid food that's efficient fast and consistent right and the service is good and you're paying for the whole the service is okay the service is robotic and right you constantly have someone going water yeah. yeah, spicy mayo. This way. Watch your step. Watch spicy your mayo. Step. Do you want ketchup and spicy mayo? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's not like, it's not convivial service. It's not like, I don't feel like I'm liked when I'm there. It's just solid service. Yeah. So I don't understand why these are all, these are all these things and I'm not, I have to take my hat off. It's stupid. I actually haven't been back since that happened. But also, you've left out, how did he say he knew you? Oh, God. I, I knew he was going to mention that. So, he says, Chef, I know who you are. You can keep your hat on. Listen, I listen to the podcast every week. Oh, my God. No I, It's way. not a big deal. And I go, oh, I feel like such <laughs> trash right now. I feel like such fucking trash. Podcast. I'm so sorry for being this person. But someone's got to let these people, like, these are dumb old dots that they need to get rid of. Rules. It's just yeah. stupid. So... Yes, that's the whole experience. Thanks, Nick, for reminding me about how I felt even dumber. I'll remind you of a great experience, though. I went to Itamai. Ah. Uh, four weeks, three weeks ago, I took my parents and a really good friend of my mom's. And wow. Wow, I know. You guys it's always are wow. making incredible food. You, The flavors that are coming out of that place, like... Holy moly. So good. So good. I have no words. And then they had um, this wine that my dad picked. <laughs> they only had one bottle. So when he went to order a second one, they were like, we don't have any more. And my dad's like, ¿Cómo que no vas a tener otra botella de este mismo vino? I'm like, papi, you bought the last bottle. Yeah. It was weird. My dad's kind of old school like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a small place. And he goes, niño. Like, he calls the servers. And I'm like, oh, God, dad, why? Yeah. He's 80. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. They w- Yes, Georgia. So, all right, those are all the recommendations. Yeah. Like. Now we're going to shamelessly plug. Shameless plug time. Go to Jay Wakefield. That's not how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, pr- pronoun- 120 Northwest, 24th no, Street, Miami, Florida, 3327. Pr- pronouncing it wrong as Wakefield. That's true. Wakefield. Um, we have really cool murals. We have even better beer. The vibe is really, really cool. Just come. Just come. I've been there. We make dope beer. I've been there. Shameless plugs. All the things. All the things. Yep. All the things. I still got to recommend all my shit. I mean, we've, we've done this 80 do times you already. Guys, nah, whatever. Yeah, all the things. All the things. No, <laughs> so who knows? Maybe people, are, maybe people are coming here for the first time. But you know what? Fuck you. All the things. All the things. At this point, just all the things. And finally, you can find Pankong Podcast at datemag.com slash Podcast. We're on all the social media things at Podcast. If you want to support what we're doing, maybe get a mug or some other thing, patreon.com slash dademag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G. 
and now that's all the things. And I think instead of it being like at dadmag.com slash Pancom Podcast, uh-huh. it should be at dadmag.com slash ball tickler. At dadmag.com slash ball tickler? Yeah, that should be the website yeah, to, to get the to the po- works. You might get no? flagged. You think so? Yeah. No, no. I Inappropriate mean, content? Yeah, no, we own the website. We can have a ball tickler page. I think you should have ball tickler page. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a photo of that thing. Just with me like that's the that's Nick's about me page. Yeah, yeah. It'll awesome. be me like this, and then just audio just of Maria <laughs> saying what a. I've been really voice trying for months to get Nick to start a, a Petey the dog OnlyFans, and he yeah, won't do true. it. No, no, I just I haven't. Uh, like, I want to really do it right. You know, I want to give it the time it deserves. I mean, look at him. Yeah, look such at that a legend. This guy, sexy beast over there. He's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. This was fun. Well, are do you want to do Patreon only things? A little lightning round. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. All right, so so thank you, Maria, because the thing is that now we do like a, a little lightning Five round lightning round questions. people who are paying, oh. but so that the people who aren't paying can hear us people say thank you. There are people, there are people who shocked. pay for this. <laughs> I am still shocked that there people, people pay to hear pay. this shit happen. That's amazing. No, wait till you hear what they're paying for in this lightning round. I know, oh, okay, it's crazy. Great. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Thank you.